0: I'm just alright so let me start over every year our fellowship churches put on a conference just so happens to be in BAM it's really tough and uh, so we were there for the week and it, it was great there was the speakers and the worship and you know people are talking uh, you know there's all these different pastors and I don't know about you but if you're ever in those situations the kind of comparison game or the inadequacy game where you kind of start feeling like, oh wow, like it seems like everything they're doing is working. And then you start looking at everything you're doing that's not working, and you kind of compare their best to maybe your worst, and you start to feel like, oh, you know, amazing leaders, you know, incredible communicator. And then I start thinking about some of the duds you know, that I've, I've done over the years of communication. And, uh, and, and and the thrust it was great. A lot of it was just about, you know, reaching out and making disciples of others and sharing Jesus with others, which was just fantastic. And so I'm driving back by myself and I had about an hour, I, I I got home a bit quicker than I than I needed to and I I didn't have to be home for an hour and I thought, you know what, as I was kinda rolling into Edmonton from BAMP, I thought, I'm just gonna go to the the, the Starbucks and in Indigo and South Common there and just buy coffee and answer emails for an hour and then I'll head home because I knew if I headed home no emails are gonna get answered just with you know, kids and everything. And so I pull into the, the Starbucks and I buy my coffee and I sit down and I Open up my laptop and I'm just starting to answer some emails. And I get distracted easily, and so I'm kind of looking around. And there's a lady sitting right beside me here, and she has a pile of probably like seven, eight, nine books on her table. And she's kind of going through them. You can tell she's deciding which ones to buy. And uh, I'm, by nature, maybe you call me nosy, I don't know. But I'm like, Ooh, I wonder if, you know, I'm looking at the spines of the books, but I'm trying to be sneaky about it, you know, so she doesn't know that I'm creeping. And so I'm kind of doing the look and I notice, oh, of the nine books, eight of them are about how to read tarot cards. And I'm just like, I've never seen anybody read or buy a book about how to read tarot cards. So I'm curious individual, so I'm like, what's the other book about? And I look and I'm like, oh, quilting. Tarot cards and quilting. I thought isn't interesting? What a unique combo for this lady. And I'm sitting there and I start having this inner dialogue with me, with myself. And it's like, Tyson, you should engage in conversation. Like such an easy question, be like, oh, tarot cards. Never seen them. You must be someone interested in spiritual things. Like, let's, you know, I thought this would this would be a piece of cake to engage in conversation. And so I kept, you know, I'm answering an email and I'd be like, you know, go back to my emails. And then I'd be like. And you know, she she's putting them in piles of you you can tell which ones am I gonna buy, which ones am I gonna return. <coughs> and I keep, like this nudging inside me of like, Tyson, just ask her about tarot cards. You don't have to tell her anything that, you know, about Jesus or that you're a pastor. Just just start a conversation and be like, tell me what your interest in tarot cards. Kind of obvious from the stack of books. Like like, I'm a guy by myself, I'm a woman by herself, it'd be kind of awkward, this is weird, you know, she probably doesn't want to talk to anybody. And then she got up and she started returning the one pile, I started putting them back, you know, we're sitting right across from the, the spiritual and new agey section and she's returning books there and she comes back and she grabs her books and I watch her leave. I was like, huh, did I just miss an opportunity? Ah, you know like, what would I say and It's kind of awkward I feel you know it's just maybe wasn't the right thing for maybe me to do in that moment and that was uh that was Thursday and it's kind of been just i I've been thinking about that situation and her and to be honest I' been mean, thinking about tara her because I know absolutely nothing about them. I just saw the, the she opened the book once and I saw a little, you know, they had a picture of a tarot card and it was like all these lines describing what every little thing meant. And I was like, wow, that looks complex. But Have you ever had those situations where you kind of maybe feel like a bit of a failure? Like you, you felt like you should have done something or God was kind of nudging in a direction and you didn't? It used to really bother me when I felt like I didn't, you know, measure up to others or, you know, you see the conference speaker and you're like, wow, they do amazing things and I don't, you know, the conference speaker would have been standing on the table, you know, preaching at her, you know, and I was too timid to even, like, carry up a conversation. There's this great verse that kind of helps me out in those moments. Paul and he's talking and in 2 Corinthians he says this he says, my grace is sufficient he's talking about God but my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness it, it's this it's, it's this idea, this theme of God works best in our weakness in other words not when we have it all or we think we have it all together but maybe it's when God wanting to operate in things that don't have it or people that don't have it all together and really this is a story when you kind of zoom out and look at the full story of scripture this, this you see this time and again I, I think sometimes we hear these stories so often that we maybe miss some of the the nuances that were actually happening like Jesus picking his disciples So when Jesus was walking around, everybody in that day, they would see him and they'd be like, oh, that is a rabbi. He's dressed like a rabbi. He's acting like a rabbi, a a teacher of spiritual things. That's what we mean by when we say rabbi. And so rabbis at that time were walking around all the time. They had these disciples, these, these students that would follow them and learn from them. And when a rabbi picked his students, he would always be thinking, like, who are the best that I can attract Maybe these students say, I want them to have the capability to be even smarter and greater than I am. You know, and so they would be trying to pick the best of the best of the best. And then Jesus comes around and he picked, like, duds. Let's just call it what it is. You know, people that Spoke when they shouldn't have. You know, a tax collector. So someone that was taking from his own people to, to give to the the nation that was ruling over them. This so one guy was a zealot. They, he wanted to use force to kick out the Romans. He, we, we'd call him a terrorist because he wanted to, the Romans were kind of came in and were ruling over him, and he wanted to use. He was part of a group that wanted to get them out with force. Uneducated, like it's really broken people. But, but, but that's just what Jesus did and who he chose. When you look out through all of scripture, that, that's even the story. You know, Noah was drunk, Abraham was too old, Jacob was a liar. Joseph was abused. Moses was a stutter. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a flirt. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah was too young. When you kind of zoom out and look at all the story of Scripture and who God uses, it's the weak. It's the broken. It's the people who don't have it all together. And so for me, I start thinking, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. You know, I try to, you know, on Sundays open up a little bit and share some, some of my life, but I, I'll be honest, I haven't opened up everything. You don't know some of the, you know, the brokenness, all the brokenness of my life because there's stuff where, well, it's a bit more private but I think, wow, okay, if, if God could use them, there's, there's hope for me. Paul also talks about this line where he says, but we have these, this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And, and, and this is what Paul's talking about because, again, if, if you don't kind of understand how things maybe operated back then, it, it, it doesn't come to life as much. Uh, banks. Newer phenomenon. In ancient Israel, in this time period, there weren't banks, but you still had like, cash and money and stuff. Well, it would've been gold and silver and stuff. So you, so you had to be able to store it safely. And so what people would do is they'd hide it in their homes. So what you didn't want to do is hide it in something valuable, like a really nice jar, because if a thief came, they're like, ooh, that's valuable, and they take it, and then they're like, "Oh, double blessing, or stealing, or whatever, you know? <laughs> gold in there too, hey, it's a win-win for me. Um, so what they would do is, is they would hide you know, maybe in an old broken jar and they'd hide the treasure in there, something that a thief wouldn't naturally steal. And so when Paul references this, people are thinking, oh, my treasure, my valuables being hidden in you know, an old broken jar. And he's saying we have a treasure in us, our, our jars, who we are. An all-surpassing power. It's God. It, it'd be the equivalent of, you know, if I brought a suitcase and I filled it full of money. I'm not capable of that. But if I had, you know, this suitcase and it was just loaded, maybe, you know, you've seen the movies, like a million bucks, you know, in a suitcase or briefcase. And you guys were looking and you're like, oh, man, that is a fantastic suitcase. I love black suitcases and the wheels like not only can you tip it but you can also have it standing up and it rolls like that is and the arm that comes up is just the perfect length for my height like just just like a 10 out of 10 as far as suitcases go you guys would all be like what are you talking about there's a million dollars like it's the million dollars it's not the suitcase it's the treasure not the container And, and, and this is the story of, of all throughout Scripture and all throughout history. It's not about great men and women of God. It's about a great God who uses men and women. It's not about the container. It's not about me. It's about God and the Holy Spirit working in and through me. That's what I missed in the Starbucks. I was focused on me. How will this make me look? What what happens if I say the wrong thing? What happens if it's embarrassing? What happens, you know, I I was thinking about me instead of, God, what do you want to do through me? I'm just a broken vessel. I'm, I'm nothing too spectacular. But man, the God in me, through me. We love to camp for, for holidays, in the summer, our rhythm, July, like take two, three weeks and go camping. That's just kind of a <coughs> joy for us. got this little trailer, and last summer, we uh, were kind of putzing all around, but we spent some time in uh, BC, in, uh, in this, uh, friends were telling us about this campsite, and it was spectacular. One of the great things about this place, no mosquitoes. Yeah, it was like life-changing. You could have your doors open and no mosquitoes got in. The other thing I love, I, from childhood, I've always loved turtles. Don't know why. I had two pet turtles as a kid. I think we should get turtles now, but uh, someone who has veto power says no. But I just love turtles, and this, this uh, place, this lake, was full of these turtles. And so one day I went uh, uh, paddle boarding around, took pictures of these turtles. And the the thing about this lake is it's not a big lake. You can walk the perimeter lake in about a 45 minute hike, but it's super deep. So it's crystal clear. You can swim in it, it's refreshing, it was hot. You go in the water and you're like, oh, this is amazing, we had a great time. So that's Seth on our paddle board. You know, you you could see across the lake, no problem. And so the one day, I uh, had my phone because I wanted to try to take pictures of these turtles. And I said, I'm, I, uh, the kids and Evie were at the beach, and I said, I'm just gonna go for a walk around the lake and see if I can get some pictures on the shore of these turtles, and uh, you know, I'll be back in an hour. So I just started walking r- around the lake. A beautiful day, no mosquitoes, lots of turtles. It's like in my glory. And as I get to kind of the other side of the lake, there's uh, bridges too much, kind of a boardwalk, I guess would be the way to say it. And as I'm walking across it, the river you can see, or the river, the lake you can see stops, and then when you look to this side, it's like a swamp. I was like, oh that's interesting. And we just so happened to our camping time overlapped with friends of ours by one day, and they camp here almost every summer. And so I asked them about them. I'm like, oh, that's kinda of disappointing, that swamp, you know, kind of smelt. You know, and it was just like, it was one of those things where you're like, I don't want to go anywhere near there. And you could see, like, it was all muddy, and you could see some kids had walked through it or tried to walk through it to get over there. And I was like, that is disgusting. Like, it was just one of those kind of situations. I said, oh, it's too bad, that swampy thing there. Like, it's just, it's not great. And my friend goes, oh, no, no, no. The water is really low this year for some reason. That's usually flowing. The, the, The lake flows in there, and that's usually awesome in there, too, and you can go into that area. I was like, oh, isn't that interesting? You know, the, the water didn't flow in there, and now it's just it's just still and stagnant and, and just gross. And, it, and in some ways, that can become a bit of a, a picture of how we see God operating in our life. Because we can be like, oh, this is awesome. Like, the power of God, God and his Holy Spirit are, are in me. You know, I'm this, I'm this broken vessel, and yet, God, the treasure is in me. This is fantastic. And what can creep into our mindset would be, be this consumeristic kind of view of following God. What's in it for me? It's for me. I want to hold on to this. I want to hoard it. And you've completely missed the point. If if your mindset is, how does this make me feel? How is this changing me? Will I like this? Because that's not how God's operating. That was that was never how it was supposed to be. The, the, the treasure was never supposed to be hoarded and kept. When you go to the beginning of the book of Acts, there's this famous verse. I heard it all the time when I was in college. And, and, it's, and it's Acts 1, chapter 1, verse 8. And it, and it says this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Just really quickly, those, those regions, it would be, I don't know, the equivalent of saying to Edmonton, to Alberta, to Canada, and to the ends of the earth. It's kind of just progressively getting farther and farther away. <coughs> but that's like the theme verse of the whole book. Because when you start to read the book, uh, the book of Acts is just the story of the early church and what's happening. And what you see is, is, is that is what happens. As people receive the Holy Spirit, God in them, these broken vessels, God working in them, and what do they do? They become witnesses. It flows out of them for others to to the ends of the earth. And and you could read any part in the book of Acts, and you could point it back to this is what's happening. It's kind of the, you know, Luke who wrote the book of Acts, he's saying, hey, just so you know, this is, you know, this is the Coles Note version, the one-verse version of the whole book. This is the summary statement. And my fear is, when I say us, I just mean, let's say, the church across Canada, is we're like, oh, man, is an awesome God, and and the power of the Holy Spirit is is working in me, and I just feel like worship was amazing, and God spoke to me, and during the week, you know, I was reading scripture, and this came out to me, and we just consume, and we hold on to it, and we hoard it. And what happens is, is we become like that, part of the lake that got cut off, when you hold on to it, it becomes stagnant. It's not how it was meant to be. It was meant to flow in and flow out. Because when you read the book of Acts, when you really read all of Scripture, it is God working through broken people, what? To serve and to impact others. So I miss the boat because in Starbucks, it could have been could have been about what God would wanted to do through me. Instead, I made it about how I felt. I became a consumer because it became about me instead of it becoming about, God, what do you want to do through me? You, a great God, what did you want to do through me, a broken vessel? And so I want I wanted to share all this. To, this is kind of this is this is a you go anywhere in scripture, and this becomes the theme of God working through people to impact, to bless, to challenge others. That's what the nation of Israel was is supposed to be. That's what the church was supposed to be. And we don't always get it right. We make mistakes. We fail. But I think the the two big mistakes we can make is the first one is say, oh, man, I'm, I'm too broken. God could never use me. I'm not talented enough. I'm not gifted enough. My response to that is, you're absolutely right. But let me tell you about my God. He is more than big enough, powerful enough, capable enough, talented enough to work through you. So that would be the one, I think, big mistake. The other big mistake is we're like, oh, God, you are amazing. And he is. That's good to say. But then we just hold on to it. We consume it. We hoard on to it. We we miss the point where it's God to empower you, pour into you, to, to move through you as Holy Spirit so that you can bless others, impact others. It's not for you to hold on to. It's a treasure to give away. And so my question is, you know, is, is any of those two, have you do you fi- find yourself kind of falling in either of those two situations? I would encourage you to recognize you don't have to be a great man or a great woman. You just need to recognize you have a great God. And it's not just for you. Let it flow through you to others. So, God, I pray that you would move in us. Just just as Evie uh, prayed during announcements, I pray for our kids. That you, we would hear stories of you flowing and working through them. I pray this week and this month and this year that we'd be marked not by being people who are pretty awesome but that we would just be broken people that are by used by an awesome god help us not to hoard onto this treasure help us to to pass it on to give and so we thank you we praise you god amen So we've had. Uh, we're just going to take a moment. I'm going to formally dismiss. If you want to slip up, but if you want to, Bailey's going to come and she's going to just play some more worship. And and it's just been something we've been doing the last few Sundays. And it's basically this: is is if you got to go or you want to visit awesome. We just ask you to kind of slip out into the foyer and do that. But sometimes people just want to, uh, you know, spend a little bit more time either reflecting or praying or worshiping. And so we're just going to create that environment in here. And so you're more than welcome just to kind of hang back in here. And this is just going to be a place of worship and prayer and uh, reflection. And uh, I just... uh, I'll say this one last thing, because otherwise I'll keep going. And and this is more of a challenge to myself. In our Canadian culture, it is so easy to be a consumer. I catch myself all the time being completely and utterly selfish. You know, I didn't like that, why didn't they do that for me? And the more I reflect it, on it, and the more I look at Scripture, that can't, we can't allow that to creep into our relationship with Jesus. We're not called to be consumers. We're called to be followers, to be apprentices of Jesus. And sometimes that requires work. Sometimes that requires uh, being uncomfortable. Sometimes that requires, you know, having a great time and laughing. But I'll say it, sometimes it means... Crying with someone who needs to be cried with. So I just, I just want to say, um, maybe it's a New Year's resolution. You can join me of just trying to push away against that current of our culture of consumerism. And tap in a little bit more of the, okay, God, how do you want to use me? Not just for me, but for others. So if you got to go, thank you for coming. Hopefully we'll see you again next Sunday. Um, But if you want to stick around, there will be some people who would love to pray with you. If you just want to come, maybe come to a front pew and they'll pray with you or continue to worship. But uh, thank you for coming.